0: Hey Sid. Hey Brian. What's happening? Well, I am pretty jolly because we are near the holidays. That was me switching it up from just I'm good. I love it. <laughs> I am great. But in addition to being great, I am also jolly because I really enjoy the holidays.
1: You know what? I do too.
0: Good. It's a great season. It's this time of the year, which I think kind of leads to your update. Sure does.
1: <laughs> I took advantage of some of the uh, the sales. I did some, I partook in some. Words are hard
0: today. That's okay. We'll get through it.
1: It is. It's tough. It's the end of the day. We're tired. Uh, In the world of local business support, that has and continues to happen. However, there were some things that I wanted to take advantage of uh, Cyber Monday slash Black Friday sales. Have to. uh, I know that we've talked about quality and supporting great brands and organizations that we know and love, but sometimes we
0: just need an affordable basic. I mean, you know I live for Everlane, so... That's, like, that's yeah. my go-to. Well, I went even more affordable than that. Oh, wow. Went down to the Old Navy level. Old Navy. So my brother does Old Navy, like, doorbusters on Thanksgiving every year. That's crazy. It's... I would not go inside that store. But the the deals are insane. Yeah. I mean, wow.
1: <laughs> I, I took to exclusively internet shopping. Nice. Um, but the reason I was like, okay... I just need, like, a couple layering items. I love their rock star jeans as just, like, So a... does my
0: other brother. <laughs> Wait, they're the men's
1: rock stars?
0: Oh, no. They just... He just likes Old Navy jeans. Okay. I don't think it's the rock stars. I was like... <laughs> that would be weird. Interesting choice. <laughs> that would be weird. I should say that would be weird for my brother. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So he... Uh, he...
1: Uh, I, <laughs> I'm going to just, we'll restart here. <laughs> blah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, I got two different sizes of rockstar jeans because they were so, everything was like 80% off. That's like I insane. literally got a whole host of like bottom layer basics. Cause everything you're wearing in the wintertime is, you, need an you got a, a sweater, a jacket, whatever. Yeah. So you need like a layering tank extra jeans, one pair that fits you when you're feeling skinny and, and babyly, and then yeah.
0: one pair when you've accidentally eaten the whole Christmas ham. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> you need the option. Or if you want to wear, like, a legging under the jean for, like, an outing. Oh, that's fair. I feel like that could be an option. <laughs> Maybe that no one ever uses it except for me.
1: Because but... I truly exist in this, like, two-sizes world where, oh. like, in the winter, everything gets a little bit more snug mm-hmm. naturally. For sure, because
0: winter wheat is real. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I think it's just it's just from the snow; it just sticks to you. <laughs> That's what I say that it sticks to
1: your ribs. Yep. Uh But besides that, it just was like a. It was really nice to be able to get a bunch of things that were just like necessary upgrades to old basics that I've just had forever. Because yeah. it's stuff that like you don't actually see outside of like in the real world. Because it's like under it's a
0: layer under tanks sure but sometimes it's nice just like let's refresh like have a new option yeah i think that's great and i'm glad that you did take advantage of especially old navy i mean like really it's Mm -hmm. you just can't do better price-wise than that and because i mean kelly says this too where it's like they just have everything you need. She really likes their athleisure wear. Mm. And she said that she really enjoys all the workout gear they have there. So, I mean, every day, probably in addition to Black Friday, you're going to get good deals there. But on Black Friday, it's like, whoa. Yeah. That's the time to stock up. So go you. And I, I don't know. I just feel like now,
1: this season, there's just, like, endless sales. So it's nice to stock up. Like, take advantage of the the bonus coupon codes or discount offerings
0: i think i did i did for one thing this year and i also got a christmas gift with like on black friday using like a code of some kind from a company i'd never bought from before but i was excited to find a code yeah um but i also did a lot of like looking putting in a bag walking away being like you should not buy that right now you don't need it because what you did was smart it was the basics that you needed whereas like i filled my basket with things that were fully not needed but on like deep deep discount (laughs) so i was like okay you don't need this right now as a reminder so yeah there's there's two two sides to the right sword as clever girl finance says just because it's 50 percent off doesn't mean like you're still spending this much money (laughs) and if the goal is to not spend any money then you're failing. <laughs> she says it better than that. Because the reason
1: I got to where I got with this was like, you need to spend ten more dollars to
0: get ooh, free shipping. Yeah, and I was like, find a ten dollar shirt, give me a tank. Yeah, throw it in there. That's where they get you. Is mm-hmm. if they're like get get to this amount to get free shipping, and it's like ten bucks, but everything in their store is like at least fifty. I'm always like, ooh, I want free shipping. <laughs> Instead of being like, oh, you're spending so much more money to save $7. You're $7. like, you could have <laughs> just, just spent the $7. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't have to be this way. Well, that's exciting. I'm I'm happy for you. <laughs> you. What's your update? Uh, so by the suggestion of your lovely boyfriend, Dan... We had a very funny conversation about how I have this tendency to like instantly put my email into things that prompt me. Yes. Because I read a lot of Twitter and I get a lot of newsletters and there's always like a new brand or a new idea that's like coming across my face in front of my screen. And so we thought it'd be fun to do like a stuff I've signed up for awesome. <laughs> to just see like how it's working out. And if I like it, some of them like absolutely suck. And I fully, you know, regret the you decision to no give them my information. <laughs> right. I've, but the other thing is I need to actively unsubscribe. I'm not that good at that. But so one of the things that I've signed up for recently, I don't think I've talked about this before, but it's this newsletter from a company called Culture Amp, where it's like a, a uh, software as a service that basically looks at HR practices and culture and building culture and how you support an organization um, using their service to help your culture thrive. Um, and they put out this newsletter. Love culture Amp. Oh, oh, you like you've heard of Culture Amp?
1: Yeah, that at my former company, they uh, were the ones that hosted. They coordinated our mm. or the, the engagement survey that we did was on.
0: Coltrane. Nice. And I also, love their white papers. I was just going to say I've read a lot of their uh, their studies. <laughs> They're really well done and obviously their branding is on point yep. but I really have enjoyed and they have a whole diversity and inclusion like workshop slash rollout opportunity right now that you can like then host mm. um, a very specific training on DNI that they provide but that you can do the training for. That's cool. And so it's been really cool to learn about. So Where I learned about that was their newsletter that's called People Geeks, Mm -hmm. and I really enjoy it. It, It's a lot of short reads, and it's not just their information. It's from, like, different corners of the internet that they find to be helpful, Um, and they focus usually around, like, one topic in particular, and it's really, like, that HR, but, like, from the people Science, people helping people kind of conversation versus just like anything that's dry around HR that people have, I feel like, come to kind of have HR be associated with like this dry policy crappy stuff. But there's just so much more to it than that. And I feel like they've done a great job of like livening up the HR space. Um, And it's helped me a lot with school. So giving me different resources to look at that contribute to the conversation that I'm having in class. Um, But I also think it just is an important read for like leaders and managers who are teaching themselves how to better support their teams. So in addition to all the great HR stuff they're talking about they talk a lot about leadership they talk a lot about how you like fix or enhance your culture which a lot of times falls to leaders that aren't the HR practitioners um, and so I've, I've found a lot of good nuggets that I've either shared out with people that I work with or just like kept in my back pocket to be like this is the kind of leader manager I want to be someday that like keeps these things in mind um, and so that's been one thing I've signed up for that I have really really enjoyed and continue to like save and make sure I read through like any of my other favorite newsletters.
1: Amazing. Yeah.
0: That sounds uh, particularly interesting and relevant
1: to some recent conversations I've been having. So
0: get on it. I'm going to
1: hop on. Do that. The newsletter bandwagon. We love the newsletter. Stuff Brianna's
0: <laughs> now signing up for. <laughs> That's my whole job here is just convince people to sign up for stuff. But this one doesn't require, like, um what are those codes called? The, like, the code that you can send to get, like... um perks and stuff like they don't have that like how like referral codes yes my brain okay as we said words are not happening all I could
1: think in my head the whole time that you were saying codes was QR codes and I was like there's (laughs) no way that she's
0: talking about QR codes (laughs) so don't even suggest it yes referral codes so this does not have a referral code don't worry everyone in the future when it does we will absolutely share it because you know I want those clicks (laughs) I'm in it for one reason The perks. (laughs) Always. Uh, All right, Bron, give it to me straight. What are we talking about today? Well, I feel like this has
1: been a conversation hot on the media lately, which I find particularly interesting. We're talking about what it takes to fairly split roles and responsibilities in our households Mm -hmm. and a little bit of how we as women uh, tend to take on too much. It's a thing. It's science. (laughs) Data proves it. Um, But one of the things that inspired this episode uh, and this topic was something I recently listened to Eve Rodsky on So Money podcast, which is great if you guys are interested in listening. Highly recommend it. Super good financial tips. Um, But Eve came on to talk about her book, Fair Play, and her approach basically is around uh, the goal is to minimize resentment in relationships define expectations and uh, achieve a more organized better managed household and so she has like kind of a cool interesting approach and I just thought the the topic of this around like why this dynamic exists and uh, why it's so hard for us to kind of like let go of certain responsibilities or pass things off to our partners in a way that makes sense to like fundamentally provide equal support or as close to equal support mm-hmm. throughout. Um and it's it's a it's a worthwhile thing for us to get into.
0: I really was excited when you brought this up because it is something I've been reading more and more about and it's one of the things that you're like, "Oh wow, I never considered this" or you think about like the way you grew up and like what you grew mm-hmm. up seeing and then how that, you know, either does or does not Play a role in the way that you live your life, and I think you know we're talking today about like our partners and in, in, in our households. But I honestly think that this could play into like roommates as well. Oh yeah, to some degree, um, depending on your relationship with your roommate, I guess. But I was really excited when you brought this up because the the reads have been so interesting, ba- mostly because it's just measured it's measured fact it's Mm -hmm. not just a feeling that people have or resentment that people hold it is something that's actually happening Um, and it's been it's been great to to have like evidence-based work done around this that we can then really learn from and how it affects the way that we do things for sure yeah let's get into it let's do that uh we wanted to start with the facts on divided domestic work so you know when you came up with this topic, I think it's also important to say, okay, this is what we know to be true at this point based on like facts, based on evidence, based on all those things. So we wanted to share that first. Um, And so as we said, there's more and more research readily available um, that really talks about the divide of housework. And it's usually named in articles by like unpaid or invisible work because it's not, it's obviously not paid work if it's within your household usually I shouldn't say obviously because some people might I actually read somewhere that the divide between a husband and wife he finally actually did just start paying her because she was doing so much more and he didn't want to do it So he paid her to do it. And it was, I think it was from the cut. It was really interesting because it was the the woman in the relationship who had said, like, this is our dynamic now. And I actually actually find it much better because I'm not trying to, like, push him to do a thing he does not want to do. And I'm getting paid for it. And I don't mind doing it. So I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Not the take I would have ever... I'd huh. love a financial incentive for anything. A
1: 1,000%. 1,000%. I was all about those savings jars when I was a kid. <laughs> Immediately spent that money.
0: <laughs> for your candy and your <laughs> lip balm. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so what the research finds is that this overwhelmingly falls to women in hetero relationships. And so we also wanted to take a minute that um, there's there are different um, expectations with same-sex couples. And there's this great New York Times story by Claire Kane Miller that talks about the split um, and same-sex couples being much more even until kids come into the picture. Yep. So that's, that was really interesting to, to read, that once kids come into the picture, um, the split becomes much more of, of that of a, a hetero relationship. Um, and the higher earner takes on less household tasks and childcare than the lower earner, which is um, what is super unfortunate. Is that's the split in hetero relationships. Naturally, the higher earner mm-hmm. takes on less tasks, and it, it's just all of these interesting things that you don't think about until you're thinking about them and they're in front of your face. Yeah, uh, the data actually shows that women are doing two thirds
1: of the work to run a home and family.
0: Two-thirds. Well, and then when you break that's down. Crazy. It is crazy. Because then when you break down what those tasks actually are all piled up, like, that's a that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> it is the least fun type of work. And the I way do. that I
1: think about it, too, is like, well, this has to get done. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my exactly. mentality about this. Is like, it has to get done. Someone's got to do it. I'm right. just going to do it. Right. And I think what's interesting, too, is that, Um, particularly like what you mentioned about how the split happens more drastically, whether it's wage or um, when kids come into the picture. But if we take this time now in like early stages of our relationship to start Mm -hmm. setting the stage on like here's what I'm responsible for, like let's continue this discussion, I think that's the thing that we want to shape a little bit more to make it easier where it's not like you have to like retroactively – figure out a plan.
0: Right. It's like, hey, let's start now just by talking about who does the
1: dishes. Right.
0: Right. Exactly. And not just having it get to the point where, like, you're pulling your hair out because you can't look at that dirty dish in the sink any longer, but you also don't think you should be responsible for putting in the dishwasher or washing it. It's like all of this internal conversation that you're having with yourself, like, to try and back away from the edge, where you could just outrightly have the conversation with your partner (laughs) and just say like listen this is the thing i think a lot about do you think about it at all (laughs) and just like and then be like see where you start exactly no exactly okay well and that like leads us to the next part of our conversation around how to communicate effectively and also divide the work and this is like The hottest topic, which is a thing I never thought I'd say (laughs) because communicating effectively is one thing in and of itself, but how to do that while also figuring out the divide of work is very much a two-way street Mm -hmm. and it has to be a two-way street. It can't be like an orders given type of thing. So it's not meant to throw anything in anyone's face. But there's definitely a benefit to gently pointing out what the current divide is if it's not where you'd like it to be, (laughs) which is very sensitive. (laughs) Well, I
1: feel like there's an immediate, like, there's so strong of a chance for it to become a passive-aggressive conversation.
0: 1,000%. Which is, like, like, so scary. (laughs) dance around this delicately a little bit. Right, and I think, you know, like we both have been, you know, named people pleasers. Like we've admitted that in the past, it's something that we do and and have. I'd say it's like a it's not the best all the time.
1: <laughs> but You're like, I got it. Let me help you out. <laughs>
0: Don't worry about that. I'll do it. Um, But I do think even understanding that and not wanting to tread, like, too much into that way of being, I still think there should be an intentional conversation that's really well thought out. Not to, like cage around the conversation but to make sure that you're doing it like thoughtfully Mm -hmm. and understanding that the worst thing that can happen are like feelings and language being misconstrued and then it ends up being either a passive-aggressive conversation or a full-blown argument right instead of what could have been a productive conversation 100% agree I
1: just let out a long sigh
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's like I think about this all the time (laughs) Uh,
1: but really it's about setting expectations like If you think about the dynamics of your relationship, like how does it work at work? Right. And how does it work in other scenarios you've been in? Like Such a good point. We've probably all played a team sport before. Like you're not responsible for the whole volleyball court.
0: Right. So why
1: would you be responsible for the whole home?
0: That's never a way we think about it. The whole home.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But um, I do think that... There has to be open dialogue and revisiting of these things because um, there's no guarantee that someone will, like, agree to be the lifelong laundry doer. For sure. There's no chance. Right. So what does it make sense – like, how does it make sense for you to say, like, this is a thing that I'm going to do for this period of time because I work from home or Mm -hmm. I have free time – uh, at the end of the day or on weekends while you're doing X, Y, and Z thing that's important to you. Because I think it's about, A, setting expectations, realistically bring to the forefront like what each of you are currently doing. Right. And the thing in Fair Play that I think was really interesting is that um, she's gamified this here are all the tasks that, was that cool. I have. That was cool, yeah. Um, and, again, her slant was like very much because this becomes a, a problem for – most people, after they have family, have kids and have right. a family. And so there are a lot of, like, kid-related to-dos, which, like, I feel stressed out about my life without kids. And right. I can't imagine, like, tossing in, like, I manage daycare. I also prep all the kids' food. I also am picking them up and dropping them off, calling the babysitter, scheduling the babysitter. But, like, if your partner doesn't know that those are things that are happening right. on a consistent sometimes even a daily basis, they don't actually know what it takes to plan and execute and like figure out all the intricacies in between.
0: Well, there was this, it's so like that those things are all very true. And there was this great article about a a woman that wrote this piece that talked about how she was the only person that cooked in the family. She's a professional chef. She really liked cooking. She enjoyed cooking for the family, but one day her husband was like, I'll do it. I'll I'll cook tonight. Don't worry about it. I've got this. And she got home and he's like, okay, where's all the stuff I need to cook? And she said she blew up because she was like, he didn't realize or think about all of the things it takes to just start the cooking process, the store run, the managing the store run, the making the list, the finding the recipe, that like all of those things go into the process of making dinner and that was really interesting it speaks to exactly what you're saying it's all of the the steps in between like knowing you have a date night and Mm -hmm. that you need a babysitter and having that babysitter show up (laughs) like there are so many things that happen in between those moments and it's it, and you know, like neither of us have kids, so you're right. There's a lot more to those those situations than maybe what we are dealing with in our own lives. But it is really interesting. It's a good to, testing uh,
1: ground, though, when you have less
0: things to to manage to manage for sure. So that there's currently an equal manage for sure, exactly. And that's I think what was really cool about what she was talking about is that the gamification of it hopefully makes it fun but i appreciated that she also said like this is to to solve problems that either fully exist for you right now or make sure they never come up and you know we're all about a problem solve and mm-hmm. a pre-solution then you know find kind of reactive
1: and the other thing that i thought was nice and i didn't really consider at first was just the idea of revisiting from time to time Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know you and your partner deciding what that schedule looks like I think is dependent on your scenario but thinking about like okay here are all the things here are all my cards right now Mm -hmm. six months later let's revisit this like we have new priorities the kids are older like whatever situations may be changing or like seasonally changing with sports and Bringing kids to practice, whatever. If, like, work life gets hectic. Yeah, like depending on what the time of year and how that looks. Like thinking about new expectations that you set around those things and who can take on other things and pay, pull pull things off other people's plates, I think is really helpful. Absolutely. Um, because I think like how you and your partner are working together as a team is actually really essential to like always having a a home life scenario that's like positive and allows for open communication because I think this is just a piece of the giant like I want to have a successful relationship puzzle right right and I think this is something that isn't necessarily talked about as much or like was never talked about as much as it is now right where like or the assumption was always like mom did all these things Mm -hmm. and so it's interesting to see how some societal shifts are happening because it's like well, now there's a very strong chance that like all moms
0: are now working. Right, right. But still responsible, like two-thirds still managing. Still responsible for all of those things. Yeah. It's crazy town. And thinking about, again, how we start this conversation, because I honestly think that's, that's some of the hardest part. The revisiting, I feel like you've already done the hard work of starting the conversation. Now you're just revisiting. And not that that's necessarily any less hard, but at least you've already started mm-hmm. and the revisiting is an opportunity to kind of like reflect see what's working see what's not you're you're in a team moment at that point and um, But I think when you're starting the conversation, we are big fans of the I feel statements. Mm -hmm. And I do think that there is merit to having this conversation start the same way and remembering about that it's the success of the team that you're focused on, not blaming the other person for not doing as much as you're doing. And I think sometimes when we get into the weeds or we get frustrated, We and I'm saying we as me probably have a tendency to like get defensive or get, um, like blamey and being like, Look at all the things I do, and like, you're not doing anything, Mm -hmm. and like it gets really aggressive really quickly sometimes. Or both of you feel like you're you have
1: too many things on, like, your act, the distribution is actually off right like someone should you should swap
0: right exactly exactly it's like i hate grocery shopping and you're like i love grocery shopping why have we never gotten to this point <laughs> <laughs> why we never talked about this before and so starting with the i feel firstly like lets down like some walls i feel like and also remembering like when you're speaking and saying like this is how i feel how do we get better and mm-hmm. this is how i'm feeling what can we do differently and then saying how do you feel about you know how you're doing or what you're doing or if you feel like you're doing too much. Like throw even that out there just to like, I don't know, softball it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just to just to make sure that the person that you're talking to also knows that you are not like lined up with all of this ammo that you're just ready to like chuck at them, that you really want this to be like a two-way street. And because it, it has to be. Um, I the- think uh,
1: to go off that, mm-hmm. what's interesting too is to think about the... Revisiting of the conversation and how you set expectations, but also, like, I feel like I've set the expectation incorrectly, or, like, Mm -hmm. if you feel there's a point where things shift, Mm -hmm. and now you set the stage for something that might be unrealistic, using this opportunity to also say, like, I feel like I accidentally, like, blew blew (laughs) this up for myself. Right,
0: right, right. (laughs) And that's, I mean, we all probably wish we were more vulnerable with our partners at times that were like, I'm big and strong and I know exactly what I'm doing so like don't question me because I'm perfect it's just easier to be that person than to be the person that's like I kind of screwed up and I'd like to take a step back and how do we fix this how do we work together on this how do we come back around and and remembering that being vulnerable while it's incredibly difficult is also really helpful and not just in that moment but it also helps you build trust with your partner too and it allows you to like see each other a little bit and be like oh you're you're a human. Mm -hmm. You are a person that has feelings and we need to support each other, even in conversations like this. Um, I think coming prepared, especially if you're the one starting the conversation, like coming in with a solution to the problem that doesn't, again, just lay it all on someone else, but allows the solution to be a very much two-way street, but also understand that your solution can be edited and making it very clear that just because you have a thought that could be helpful doesn't mean that you aren't very open to other thoughts that could be helpful and finding other ways to be successful here with that person's input and just remembering that flexibility is like completely key here and that's uh that's where we're at
1: <laughs> so what does that look like for us <sighs> to share
0: to open up the uh the heart box ah and share <laughs> Totally, totally excited for this. (laughs) No, I think it's important. I mean, we enjoy sharing, I think, because the reason a lot of these topics come up throughout the course of our time here (laughs) on the podcast has been because we've experienced it ourselves or are in the midst of experiencing it. Um, So for me and my partner, we had a conversation a few years ago because of that, thing happening where it was constantly just a, did you do this? Did I do this? Who did this last? I did it last. So you do it this time. And it just became like such an unnecessary headache, like streamline as many things as you can in your life, whether it's like partnered or solo or whatever the heck it is, like streamline it (laughs) because it's easier. And so we had this conversation to just say like, these are your tasks. These are my tasks based on things that really upset me. based on things <laughs> that you are able to do uh like that are just easier easier because of proximity to. And so we kind of looked at like what bothers us the most and kind of took on the things that bother us the most because then we become responsible for those things. So they don't bother us as much because now we're responsible for them. Yeah. (laughs) And that, that actually worked really, really well. And we've had so many less arguments about it. And, and for us, it's like the dishes, the cleaning of, of the rooms, the laundry, specifically the sheets, <laughs> like specifically the bathrooms, not just like general sweeping, but like who's tackling the bathrooms and when and how often. Mm-hmm. And it was like all of those. And, and for us too, it was about cooking and grocery shopping and and those tasks that are just like not always the most fun. But we um, we also talked about how there will be times, like you said, where – we need someone to pick up a little bit more slack like i've been in school for the last year and a half and there have been a lot of times where like the stuff that I am I'm tasked with, I just don't have the bandwidth for and just like really just can't. And my partner has been really wonderful about like picking up that slack. So I find different ways to then say, okay, if I can't do my normal stuff, what can I do that either, either says thank you in a, in a special way or picks up other tasks um, more often when I have the capacity to do it? Um, and so that's been really wonderful. Uh I also think since I started cooking more, things have gotten a lot better. I never cooked in the beginning of our relationship. It just was never a thing that I did. And at some point, I stopped making excuses. And I started, we've talked about this on here, how I was doing Sun basket, And I really attribute that to being very helpful and getting me comfortable in the kitchen. So now our split of cooking is so much more equal. And we both enjoy it he, he always enjoyed it. I never did. We now both enjoy it, but I now take on more of the like maybe lunches for the week or like a dinner a couple nights a week. Like I'm managing that. And I think that that is almost making up for (laughs) the beginning of our relationship (laughs) when I, uh, wasn't doing much at all. So um, that's how we kind of split things. It was an intentional conversation that probably started as an argument, came out with a solution, and then it kind of filtered its way into other areas that we didn't really start with. Like we started with dishes, laundry, all of those types of things, and it filtered itself into grocery shopping, um, wine buying, (laughs) cooking, and and those types of things. And it's an evolving conversation.
1: I think that's the important piece of it is like, I remember the first time that you had mentioned some of this stuff to me and I was like, You have full ownership over that? Like you don't you don't ever do the laundry? Never. Or like
0: whatever. I really the first time he went out of town for a significant amount of time, I had not done the laundry in oh in a while. I think it was the first time I had to do laundry in our new apartment and I had no idea how to do it. I was looking at a new machine I was not used to it. (laughs) I had no idea. (laughs) But I folded like a beast. (laughs) Yeah. Because that was my job. But with him out of town, I was like, holy crap, I have no idea (laughs) to use this washer, which is embarrassing. I admit that. But it just had not been a job that I had. But you don't
1: have the, like, mental space taken up by this thing that you, like, your mind is more free to let in other things because you're not thinking about, oh, I wonder how this... Washing machine works,
0: <laughs> or like I know I've got to do
1: the laundry later. Exactly, it's not on your plate. Exactly. Um, but I, you know, I think it it ends up leading kind of nicely into my situation, which is a little bit different because uh, it, but also not surprising. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, brah. <laughs>
1: because I like to control and own everything for sure, uh, particularly around the household. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it, it's like. A, my personality, and B, because I came from living by myself for so long mm-hmm. that I got in the habit and a routine of being responsible for doing all... Like, I had to do everything. I had right. to clean my apartment. I had to do the dishes. I had to do my laundry. I had to sweep. I had to... Uh, shovel the driveway. So many tasks. Like I was a strong independent woman. I still am. <laughs> yeah. But some things I'm no longer responsible for. But it's also
0: double the amount of all of those things. Yes. So that's the difference. So
1: um, it becomes a challenge to figure out how to map that differently when I don't want to give things up. Mm-hmm. Um. So for me, one of the things that I've had to like figure out in this process is how to actually just ask for help Mm -hmm. um which i think is is, you've been working on that um oh my gosh it's the thing that's made the biggest difference but has also been the biggest challenge Mm -hmm. so um one of the things that we've kind of tackled is like the ownership piece around certain things there's some stuff that we still split and i think that's where maybe another conversation might come in so i manage a lot of uh, all of the meal prep all the grocery planning etc um if there's something that's like missing in the house i know it's in my head i know where it is Mm -hmm. um and dan leads the cleaning all the cocktail making needs it's important very important um, but i think i i still struggle with some of the little things that like we both kind of still own um on on our own and it's just like who decides to do it first. Uh, ah, yeah. And because everything always exists in my mind on a timeline, I just do things. I get stuff done. Yeah. And so that is your I think of things before Dan even has realized that it needs to be done. Sure. And then I go and do it. And so I have to actively stop myself, acknowledge that a thing needs to be done, and say, hey, I'd love your help. Or like, can you tackle the garbage tonight? Right. Or like, I left all the recycling, but I resisted the urge to take it outside so that I'm not doing everything.
0: (laughs) Because then it's like, I feel like for you guys, it feels like less less resentment for you to ask him to do it than for you to continue to do it yourself but you don't realize that the resentment builds when you do it yourself until you're at a breaking point point, right. and then you're like why have I been the only person doing this and it's because you've been the only person doing it yeah. instead of asking for help which it sounds like for some sometimes asking for help feels like you're already at the end of your rope, and that's when you're resentful. Where for you, it's an early on feeling. It's before resentment ever even like touches you. It's just like, I'm seeing it, I'm acknowledging it, and I'm asking you to do it, so I don't get resentful from me doing it all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and th- that is a good place to be, I would think.
1: Yeah. And there are still moments where like I will still do things. Mm-hmm. Because like if the kitchen is dirty... I don't want to wait for the dishes to get done. Right. Like, it needs to happen now for me to feel, like, not stressed. Right. I agree with that. And that probably is, like, an added layer of, like, things that I should be talking about in therapy. I feel the same (laughs) way, though.
0: Clutter, like, creates so much anxiety for me in a way that it never has. And so I would rather just get it done than because I can't stop myself. I just mm-hmm. look at it and I'm like if if I look at this for one more second I'm going to throw everything against the wall. So, yeah, I'm just taking care of it.
1: And so in this situation, like I think it's really helpful to have a partner who's like very much willing to step in right. and like wants to help. And for someone who wants to control things as much as I do, it's really necessary to have someone who's willing to say, "Hey, let me tackle the dishes today." Right.
0: Or like, "I've got that." Or You can ask me for help. Ask Mm -hmm. me to do a thing. Right. And that's why the conversation piece of this is so important. It's one thing to like figure out the tasks and all the things, but the starting and the having of the conversation is where you figure out like what kind of relationship you're in or what kind of partner you have in that specific like area of your lives. And I feel like that can be like fairly eye opening too to say to yourself, like oh, they're not willing to do anything. Like, that's an interesting factoid that I now have. Are you willing to pay me to do all of it? Like, that couple from the cut? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if not, like, you might have to be thinking to have another conversation if that's something that you feel strongly about. But I think it does open the door to really seeing how you operate before you get kind of into the weeds in a relationship. Yeah. And I think there's also an important element that we didn't really cover
1: specifically is around outsourcing.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, if both of
1: you are like, hey, we don't even have the capacity or want to have the capacity to do this. Like, we'd rather spend our time doing this. But you're both willing to I'd rather pay pay for XYZ service. Like, maybe both of you hate grocery
0: shopping. Mm -hmm. So you just are like, Instacart's the way to be. Mm -hmm. And that is such a valid point. And I feel like that is is fully part of that conversation. And it that means vulnerability because I think sometimes like I would probably at some point in my life have been nervous to say, like, I really don't want to do this, I'm willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Because it would have felt like, why aren't you willing to do it kind of a thing. But I know so many people that either utilize that kind of service in like cooking or meal, like meal delivery services, Instacart, cleaning services, any of the above. There are so many people that utilize those services. And if that's what works best for you in your relationship, that's awesome. But it still requires a conversation to be had around, like, okay, what's our spending limit on this? And how Mm -hmm. often do they come? And, like, are we responsible for anything? (laughs) It's, like, all of those things still should be part of the conversation. (laughs) We're on the same page. Perfect. But that's – I'm really glad you brought that up because that is such an important part of the conversation if that is able to be part of your conversation. Which, unfortunately for me right now, it's not. <laughs> maybe one day. Someday. Someday. But I like this conversation. I, I really enjoy the communication like on its own. But then when we get into specifics around like what you're communicating about and how you com- communicate with someone and how it's different from maybe another topic, it's super interesting to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think it'll be interesting to hear from you all about how this takes shape in your relationships your partnerships your friendships your roommate ships Mm -hmm. your family ships family ships (laughs) (laughs) all your ships out there (laughs) uh because i think it's different for everyone but it's helpful to hear just to kind of help shape your own experience and so we'll keep the convo going on uh instagram at queen underscore speaking we sure will shall we break let's break